Welcome back to our series in exploring the mostly invincible franchise known as the James Bond film series. Um, In our last episode, we kind of started out with where it's at now, where um, I guess it's not going anymore and where we think it should go. But here we are and we're starting back all the way back set your clocks back to 1962 um year of the cuban missile crisis um the the year john glenn was in orbit i believe that's right uh the year marilyn monroe died um uh may she rest in peace ask your dad who marilyn monroe is Uh, he probably beat off to her uh, well, maybe not my dad. My dad was only <laughs> one when, oh, really? when Marilyn Monroe passed passed away. Yeah, so maybe ask uh, uh, if your dad's still uh, relatively young enough. Maybe ask your grandfather. Yeah, maybe ask your granddad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, the Bond film franchise has been around for fifty four years, and I guess we talked about this being pretty much continuously in production um i can't think of anything else that's been around so long besides um yeah i don't really know what else has been on for like more or less continuous 54 years um can't really think can't really think of anything uh well we know that uh star trek and star wars have been around for forever but they've never been continuous the way that bond has yeah um yeah and even star trek um i guess if the film franchise started whenever motion picture came out was that uh 79 was the first star trek film yeah and even then took uh took some breaks yeah yeah definitely because what was it like i remember there was i know the original uh six uh star trek films then they uh moved over to next generation that lasted for a little bit yeah but then after uh what was it uh nemesis is that the last one yes. featuring the next generation cast Yes. Yeah, Nemesis. Um. <laughs> featuring featuring uh, relatively unknown Tom Hardy at the time. Yeah, that's right. Playing the uh, the young Captain Picard. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he was method even then because yeah. that does not look like a bald cap. I'm pretty sure he shaved his head for the role. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. um. But yeah, between Nemesis and the the J.J. Abrams reboot, there was about a seven-year gap right there. Yeah. Um, Which makes that longer than the gap between... um, What was that? What was the last... License to Kill. License to Kill and... Uh, License to Kill and GoldenEye. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we're back 
Uh, we're back at the beginning with Dr. No and the rest of the Sir Sean oeuvre. The name's Bond. James Bond. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting to watch uh, Dr. No and From Russia With Love because... It's kind of it's kind of different from what you expect from a Bond movie. Um, they're still trying to figure out where where things go. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the trademark stuff was already there. I mean, the iconic uh, gun barrel title sequence is there from Square One. Uh, the theme uh-huh. music was already there, but um, that's right. They were they were trying a few things that that weren't that weren't quite. Uh, weren't quite sticking you, you didn't just have, yet. Right. You didn't have the, the classic car yet. You didn't have the Aston Martin DB5. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't. Um, I think this was the first Bond that introduced uh, his trademark gun, the Walther PPK. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, you didn't, uh, you didn't really... You were introduced... A little bit to the primary characters. You were introduced to M. You were introduced to Money Penny. You were introduced to Felix Leiter. Q wasn't around just yet. He would be introduced in subsequent films. But yeah, for this one, they knew they had to make a a splash with yeah. it. Um, also tried to have a recurring character, kind of uh, Sylvia Trench. Mm-hmm. Uh, not recurring for very long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she was only in for like the first two films i don't know why uh saltzman and broccoli uh <laughs> introduced her as kind of like a recurring uh on and off love interest for bond it felt kind of strange and forced yeah but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean i i, well, I... I, I really don't know what the purpose of the character was. Um, I guess, I, I don't know, it shows that James Bond fucks, but, I mean, he's <laughs> well, I mean, got we a established Bond that from the We established that from the opening scene, though, or like from right. one of the opening yeah. scenes. You don't have to reintroduce the same character over and over. That'd be like in the, I don't know, that'd be like in the last Bond. They brought back uh, Halle Berry or Denise Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which would have, it would have, you know, gotten a little bit of applause, but also, huh? Was this necessary? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, there's also <laughs> Goldfinger. Um, I guess that one's like the one that uh, extremely just straight up from the get-go instant classic yeah that's when you really see like all the bond pieces kind of come into place for for goldfinger yeah i mean all the elements that we talked about you know there's a charismatic villain uh there there's also the henchman uh with uh with odd job uh that's right um well i don't i wouldn't exactly called dr no uh, charismatic it looked like he was 
speaking as if he just wanted to get paid and then leave the set. Yeah, well, uh, like we said, the first two movies, they're kind of figuring out their sea legs, you know, just uh, get accustomed to the to the vapors. And then once they finally found it, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Goldfinger, they finally fa- found it. Um, Thunderball afterwards, they pretty much just went all in when it came to production and yeah. acting and um, over-the-top set design and locations and all that. And by the time Connery retired the first time from the role after You Only Live Twice, they're just like, okay, we got to update this. We just can't do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Only Live Twice. Um it's interesting, uh, I guess, kind of crossover. You know, it's James Bond uh, and ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know all those uh, terrible films that uh, t- uh, those terrible ninja films that the Canon Group made in the 1980s. Well, this was their inspiration. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a unofficial precursor to those. R- Really uh, head-scratching output from Canon, which, to be fair, most of them were fairly (laughs) head-scratching. I mean, head-scratching is kind of their middle name. Yeah. Unfortunately, so um, that's kind of par for the course for them. I I think everything after that was kind of, uh, it was on the dial of, uh, eh, this might work, and what the fuck are we doing right now? Yeah. By the way, you only live twice. Uh, another fun fact: screenplay was written by Roald Dahl. Yes, the very same one. Oh yes, because uh, only Roald Dahl could come up with a a script where a Bond appears in a yellow face. <laughs> this reminds me, like the original Oompa Loompas from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, were like very oh, clearly no. pygmies. Yes, they, yes. If you if you don't remember people, the yeah, they were very clearly pygmies. Oh God! And then they were turned orange. Yeah. <laughs> at the at the behest of uh, people who actually have brains. Yeah. And then you know um, the Conry era had a bit of a gap. Uh, he retired. Uh, and then uh, George Lazenby stepped in for a single time. And then comes right. uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever, the most campy of the, <laughs> of the Bond films. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just full of sexual innuendos and very obvious uh, double entendres. And it features a pretty much, but not quite, overweight uh connery like you know doing his best to kind of he's not quite phoning it in but he's pretty close yeah you know uh they, they were kind of trying to recapture some of the magic of goldfinger they they hired guy hamilton back and uh, shirley bassey's back um to be fa- to be fair that is a badass uh theme that shirley bassey does for diamonds are forever of course um, you can't go wrong with Shirley Bassey, but um, oh, absolutely not! It's just it, it. Diamonds are forever is just 
It's so incredibly campy. It's <laughs> it feel it feels more like a Bond parody than uh, yeah. <laughs> but pretty much, it pretty much does. Even though you have the main guys behind it, but <laughs> what the, uh, when your Bond film takes place in Vegas of all places, then you know you've kind of gone off the deep end yeah. a little bit. Oh, no, 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 no. Not even just in Vegas, but it took place at Circus Circus for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God because, damn. yeah, you, get, like, you have all these great hotels out on the Strip. You know, you have the Landmark, you have the Flamingo, you have the Frontier, you have the uh, Stardust, you have uh, the MGM Grand, you have all these great casinos, and yet you use Circus Circus for some reason it, it's explained <laughs> in the film and there's literally literally a line where he says to the uh the, the main bond girl played by jill st john uh, oh, when was the last time you went you visited a circus <laughs> it's like oh my god what the hell it's great to watch nowadays just for its sheer uh hilarity and entertainment value but it is by no means a a good film, a quote unquote good film. Yeah. God, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but like, after diamonds are forever, he retired again. I think he actually donated his whole salary to, uh, to charity. Then he went off and did a, did his own thing, made a number of really great films and a few, uh, questionable ones. Um, Sardos, yeah. <clears throat> <Sorry, Dawes. clears throat> Um, but yeah, he returned again in 1983 at the age of 55 mm-hmm. for, no, like at like age 53 or 55 for never say never again. Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically a readaptation of Thunderball, uh, pretty much, but it's, uh, it's non Eon. So <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's Warner brothers. It's it's Warner Brothers who made it, and mm. yeah, it's uh, it's fifty five year old Bond uh, seducing a twenty nine year old uh, Kim Basinger. This is like Kim Basinger's first like real film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh my god! It's like he is so out of shape and you could tell the hairpiece wants to fall off right yeah. away and there was a lot of altercation a lot of altercation between the the production crew and the director the producer kevin mcclory was a bit of a dick actually scratched out he was a gigantic dick and um connery actually got his uh, wrist broken by his uh, martial arts instructor you know who that was who <laughs> yeah. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Just the, uh, yeah, uh, just just the people involved in this movie too. I mean, you got Max von Sydow, uh Rowan Atkinson uh, of all people. Klaus Maria Brandauer. <laughs> Klaus Maria Brandauer, yeah. It's like you have great actors, like really good actors. Mm-hmm. And yet this is the schlock you come up with. Oh, and to make things even more, uh, <laughs> to make things even more, uh, 
intense, at, adding more salt in the wound. Their release date was the same as Eon's Octopussy. Yeah. <clears throat> Guess what wound up making more money? Octopussy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, 55-year-old uh, Roger Moore somehow <laughs> manages to... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's such, that's such a terrible film, but I love watching it. Yeah, Octopussy was also... Um... I guess it it's basically self parody as well. Uh, pretty much. Uh, you oh, that's the one where, where he's a clown. Yes, you got. Oh, oh no! You, you got midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> Roger Moore doddering around in a clown costume. Uh, yes, because that's his only means of uh, entering. Oh God, another one, another Bond film that takes place in a damn circus. Yeah, an actual circus. <laughs> An actual circus this time, yes. Um, yeah, but it's his only means of uh, entering uh, <laughs> a circus so he can defuse a, a nuclear bomb. Yeah. But that that's for uh, that's for another time. We're talking about Connery this yeah. week. We're talking about the original. We're talking about the legend, the guy who many many fans say is still their favorite. The Talking guy who's about, been, yeah, the incomparable Shershon. Shershon, the guy who's been voted as the greatest Scotsman who ever lived. Yeah, that's, that is actually a pretty. That's 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 actually a pretty tough vote. I mean, you got what William Wallace, uh, Robert the Bruce, <laughs> uh, James uh, the Sixth, and of Scotland and first of England. Um, <laughs> Um, John Knox, Adam Smith, mm-hmm. um, Ewan McGregor's probably up there. Sure, he is. Why uh, wouldn't he be? <laughs> <laughs> um, who else am I missing? The Proclaimers, oh, both of them. The pro- <laughs> yes, <sighs> yes, uh, both of them. I still can't figure out which ones which. I'm sorry. Yeah, Annie Lennox probably is also up there. She's Irish. She is? I thought she was Scottish. No, I think she's Irish. Hang on. Nope, never mind. You're right. She's from Scotland. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> so, sorry, Annie, sorry, Annie Lennox, if you happen to be listening yeah. to this, I apologize. Um, Robert Carlyle's probably up there. But he, I think he's British. I think he's actually... On. Oh, I gotta look this up again. Oh no, he is from Scotland. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? I am <laughs> off today. Your Scotdar is is failing you. <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is. Oh my God, Robert Carl, Robert Carl, Carla. If you happen to be listening to this uh, somehow, uh, please don't go into full Begbie mode and try yeah. to attack me. Please don't call. Please don't call Alex a dos cunt. <laughs> Although I'd be kind of honored if you did. Yeah. Because it's such a fucking awesome role. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Sean Connery eventually cast as James Bond, even though he was not Ian Fleming's first choice. Not uh, the producer's first choice either. But, uh, hey, no. you know, whatever works. And, boy, did he work. So, oh, yes. Dr. No, um, the first Bond movie, but not the first Bond novel. 
That's um, right. The first Bond novel was Casino Royale. Yeah, which did not get an official adaptation uh, until until recently, basically. Um, that's well, that's right. recent in the sense that, um, you know, after the millennium came around. In, in, the, in the last 20 years, yeah. let's just say that. Yeah. But, hey, uh, you got to start somewhere. And uh, Dr. No, uh, like we said, they're still trying to figure out where things are. Um, uh-huh. A lot of the elements we tend to associate, uh, not quite there yet. Although there's, uh, you know, there's uh, Spectre. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, the megalomaniacal uh, villain. Villain. There's the Bond girls, mm-hmm. um, which I think uh, I haven't watched uh, a Doctor No in a while, but um, I think Honey oh. Rider came uh, onto the screen like pretty much halfway to, through the movie or something. Yeah, no, not even. It's more than halfway. It's like over an hour in, and all of a sudden, while Bond is on uh, the cr- on the uh, island uh, Crab Key trying to hide out from uh, Dr. No's uh, henchman. All of a sudden, he wakes up one day, and there there she is in that very famous uh, white bikini collecting uh, shells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and I just want to point out, people, that uh, not only is her singing voice uh, dubbed in this film, her speaking voice is also dubbed. Yeah, Ur- Ursula Andres, as great an actress and as beautiful an actress as she is, had her voice dubbed the entirety of this production. Yeah, well, she she had like uh, a very thick Swedish accent, so yes. Uh, oh, she's Swiss, actually. Never mind. Aha! Maybe you're uh, my. <laughs> Swiss, Swiss my Swedar. <laughs> your Swedar, your Swiss car is a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, incidentally, it's uh, the same woman who who dubbed uh, Ursula Andres's voice, also dubbed um, Sylvia Trench. That's right, uh, Nikki Vanderzil. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that name sounds like it's made for the screen. Yeah. Well, that would... I, I, why was uh, Sylvia Trench uh, dubbed uh, all? I, I mean, what wasn't her actress British? Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I, I will. I will. <laughs> Uh, and then there was also uh, uh, Miss Taro, who is yes. supposed to be uh, who's supposed to be a Chinese, except she's played by uh, a Kenyan actress of uh, Franco-British uh, descent. Yeah, um, which puts it in the same category as the actual uh, Doctor No in the film, who is uh, yeah, yeah, who's <laughs> who's. Uh, Who's a he's a he's Canadian. He's a Canadian Jew from uh, from Quebec yeah. who had his uh, his eyes 
tape back so we could appear Hell uh, yes. Chinese. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Oh my god. Um I'm pretty sure he was excited to take the role, but you wouldn't know it from the way he acts yeah. in this. And I will I will say this. If you've seen the first uh, Austin Powers movie, then you've definitely seen Doctor No. Oh yeah, it's kind of the kind of the same uh, kind of the same plot. Yeah, uh, minus minus uh, fembots and mojo and <laughs> other things. Yeah. So yeah, what 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 is uh, Doctor No? Is that is that James Bond uh, having to stop Larry Nassar? <laughs> um, no, it's him trying to stop uh, 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 Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I think we talked about this in the last episode. Um, James Bond uh, goes to Jamaica and a fictional island off the coast of Jamaica. Um, Jamaica, strangely, mostly devoid of black people, by the way. Yes, um, huh, except when they're on the, uh, except for when they're on the uh, the shore and they're looking for uh, uh, boat captains to take them out to Crab Key. That's mm. the only time you ever see any. Uh, oh, and in the uh, like in the bar as yeah, well yeah that's the only time you actually see any black people in jamaica i guess they filmed it at the uh on the side of jamaica where ian fleming kept his golden eye mansion yeah it's all it's all those uh it's all it's all the parts of jamaica where rich people go on vacation pretty much it's pretty much uh compared to it nowadays if you were to go to sandals yeah <laughs> Oh man, that, that's the Jamaica you're seeing in uh, in Doctor No. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what was what was uh, his his plot again? He's trying to disrupt a rocket launch. Yeah, he's trying to. Uh, uh, Doctor No is basically he's doing the plan. You know, he wants to uh, hold the world uh, ransom for millions of dollars. He wants to disrupt uh, an early American uh, space launch with a radio beam. And, uh, of course, like, you know, like, I have this weapon, and if you don't give me what, if you don't give me, you know, what I ask for, I shall uh, destroy you kind of thing. It's very, very simple. Take over the world. Uh, uh, very cliche. Well, it, was, it wasn't cliche back then, but yeah. now it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta um, but, you gotta remember this was uh, this was the originator, um, yes, of pretty much every like spy trope you can think of. Um, this was a franchise yeah. that uh, kicked off like the secret agent mania of the '60s, basically. Exactly. Exactly, and like from this, you had. From this came shows like, you know, The Man from Uncle and Get Smart. Mm -hmm. Secret <laughs> Agent Man. Secret Agent Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Dr. No, he works for this organization called Spectre, which is short for Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. 
which, wow, that's a hell of a name right there. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit on the nose, but hey. <laughs> a, bit on the, a bit on the nose. Well, let's just say uh, afterwards they only refer to it as uh, as Spectre. Yeah. You know, it's it's like uh, when you say the full name, it kind of loses its luster mm-hmm. <clears throat> a little bit. Um, just like in the first uh, Iron Man, when uh, Agent Coulson pretty much reveals the entire the entirety of what Shield uh, stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the logo for Spectre is an octopus. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I guess it's supposed to... <clears throat> sorry. It's supposed to represent... Uh, each tentacle is supposed to represent like a hold on, on a different uh, continent or something. Yeah, you know, it's like... Um, it's like those 19th century uh, propaganda posters for... Uh, well, mostly for anti-Semitism, basically, <laughs> uh, of like uh, the people who triple parentheses control the banks. Um, right. But I mean, it, it's still an imagery that's uh, like shorthand for cr- a vast, unknowable criminal conspiracy. So I guess that's where uh-huh. they're drawing on the Spectre uh, logo. <laughs> I guess um, so. But I, I also want to add, Dr. No was also the first in the grand tradition of uh, Bond villains with weird disabilities. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Dr. No with his metal hands. Yeah. Um, not really explained well. It's just said uh, due to radiation exposure. I don't know if he actually had his, like, a big old, like, soliloquy in the movie, but yeah. No, no, not really. He does have a soliloquy, but he doesn't talk about his hands. Right. He basically just talks about how um, <clears throat> he offered his services to both uh, the West and the East, and they both turned him down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so classic, you know, uh, third culture kid i guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess so. half you know because um his character is half asian um he's chinese german to be exact um he used uh-huh. to work for the tong yeah the tong um mm-hmm. but he eventually stole millions of dollars from <laughs> the biggest criminals in uh, uh china yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man. Um That's pretty much the villain. Let let's talk a bit more about uh the Bond girl. Um you know, uh let's be honest. Um they're just the eye candy in the movie and hey, like Pretty much. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining either, obviously, but if you look at it from a modern perspective, it's pretty much just like, you know, yeah, you're hot. I'm going to fuck you after all this is done and uh, just do nothing while I take care of all the work. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, uh, she's definitely the <laughs> she kind of gets roped into it, basically. Yeah, she, pretty much. She kind of has she kind of has no choice. Yeah. Almost. 
Uh, and after she tells that uh, uh, lovely story about how she was uh, raped as a child. Yeah, what, like, what the hell was that? Um, okay. That's great. That's great. But like, what are we supposed to, what are we supposed to do with that? I understand that it was a very trying moment Mm -hmm. in your life. And, you know, it's kind of, um, it's basically made you into this, uh, like this no nonsense uh, gal right now, but you do realize that you've like you immediately like jumped into Bond's arms like shit like you know five hours after you met him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, this may be a recurring thing, but as cool as Connery is when he's portraying Bond, he's also a very um, let's just say very misogynistic Bond. Yeah. Well, I mean, even off screen, uh, uh, sh- there's a the classic Sean Connery interview. Uh, was that was a was that with uh, Barbara Wawa, Barbara uh, Walters? Yeah. With, yeah, with Barbara Walters. Oh yeah, where he talks about how much he loves to hit women. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving a just a light slap on a woman if she can't shut up. Oh my God, your hero, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty. Like, I I saw that on YouTube, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> well, shit." <laughs> it's like, okay, it's like I am looking at you from a whole new perspective. Yeah, right now, I'm pretty sure that slap wasn't included in the script. I'm pretty sure you insisted. Oh yeah, um. Which is weird when you contrast that to uh, Patrick Stewart, who um, it was spoken out many times against domestic violence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the introductory scene of Honey Rider, she comes out singing, uh, what's that fucking song? Oh, uh, under, uh, under the coconut tree, under the mango oh, tree. Mango. Like underneath the mango tree. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. In like a faux Jamaican accent, a yeah. faux like West Indian, <laughs> West Indian <laughs> accent. It's like what the hell? Yeah. Dude, it's that's like, that's that's a fucking microaggression right there. It really is. It's like, <laughs> it's like, are you looking at yourself right now? Do you happen to have a mirror in front of you? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Nikki Vanders. Uh, no, that wasn't Nikki Vanderzil, was it? Who, that was who a Diana. Voice? That was a Diana Coupland who actually sang the the oh. song. Who was also a pasty as pale. Yes, British. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's from Leeds. From Leeds. Leeds, West Riding of Yorkshire, England. She's from Yorkshire. <laughs> Oh, and she was married to the guy who composed the uh, the Bond theme. Oh. Well, I guess yeah. that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why, yes. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, and there's also that moment uh, where uh, because they've endured a lot of uh, 
radiation when they enter Doctor No's uh, lab. They go through that. Uh, <clears throat> I go through that shower, and you get to see your tits very briefly. Yes. <laughs> I remember. I remember watching this movie when I was in uh, when I was in eighth grade, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. And we were watching that scene, and we get to the point where like they give her the towel. Or they give her the the robe and everything. It's like some idiot behind me just screamed like tits, tits. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> and he's like, back that up, back that up. Jesus, <laughs> man. You know, I, I I feel bad for people in the old days. They're just so hard up to see nipples. Right. Uh, before the age of uh, internet porn. Yeah. So even even before just like the easy availability of porno mags. Right. The days where you, days where you actually had to go to the theater. Yeah. In, in like a giant trench coat. Yeah, you gotta you gotta Paul Rubens that shit. Oh God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I I first heard of like Pee Wee Herman jacking off in a theater, and I'm like, this cannot be real. This no, <laughs> I I know. Like when I heard it too, I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, but then you see the mugshot, and it's like, oh, I see. Yeah. It's like him with like a, a weird creepy goatee and like longish hair. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of guy that could be caught for a public masturbation. Absolutely. He he, he was definitely a trench coat guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh can can we also talk about the three blind mice? Oh yes, that's right. The uh, the, the three blind the minions, uh, I guess. I, I I guess so. Yeah, the the three blind the Jamaican henchmen who happen to be excellent shots. Yeah, <laughs> with a lovely uh, calypso edition of three blind mice whenever they enter. That's right. Oh my God! It's like the uh, the, equi- the equivalent of. The equivalent, sorry, the equivalent of hearing the gong sound every time a long duck dong shows up in 16 Candles. Absolutely. By the way, John oh. Hughes, seriously? <laughs> long duck dong? <laughs> yes. Yeah, long duck dong. Yeah. It's like because, uh, oh my God. Because of course. Yeah, because of course. You know, like, don't actually bother remembering, uh, don't actually bother, you know, looking up uh, common names and uh, like common Asian names. Just Or you can't just give them, like, a normal name, like, you know, Dave or John or something like that. No, it has yeah. to be, like, you know, like, it has to be foreign. It has to be... Uh, it has long- to be racist. <laughs> it has to be racist as fuck. You know what? Give me the... Uh, wait, what do you guys want for lunch? Oh, wait, hang on. Give me the Chinese menu. Hang on. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I have the perfect idea. Long duck dong. And you know what? You know what will make this even funnier? You know what? He will will play a gong. 
every time he comes into the room <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Don't oh, question man. me. I'm a genius. <laughs> but he, uh, uh, John Hughes. John all... Hughes also really dropped off towards the end of his life. He re- he really did. But still, like for all the for all the good that John Hughes has brought on this world, Long Duck Dong, really, yeah, or on. Um, I guess that's pretty much it for the first Bond movie. Um, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Doctor No gets killed by being knocked into the open reactor pool. Uh, classic, classic um, yeah. uh, supervillain death. Uh, yes, and he's trying to grip onto the uh, uh, metal beam to pull himself up, but because he has metal hands, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that leads us to the direct sequel uh, from Russia with Love. From Russia with Love. Honestly, it's a. What can I say about From Russia with Love other than it's a fantastic film? Yeah. It's like classic, actually, kind of classic suspense almost at its finest. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this was the first one okay, with, like, of, the, with the with the theme music, right? Technically, with its own uh, theme. Well, I mean, the first the first one has its own. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. It was performed uh, by uh, his name was uh, Matt Monroe, mm-hmm. who he actually does it at the at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Like as a uh, Bond. Bond and the love interest are, you know, walking uh, arm in arm off to off towards their next uh, inevitable uh, destination, only to break up two two weeks later, so that Bond can go uh, fuck somebody else in the next film. Yeah, yeah. Um... It, it's amazing, really. Like every single Bond film implies at the end that the girl he is with is going to wind up being like, you know, the one he's going to be with forever, but. Nope, the next film, yeah. next love interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, this is when things are starting to come into place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the uh, have the classic Bond theme that's still in there, but you also have the theme related to the movie that comes at the end. You have <clears throat> you have Desmond Llewellyn. Playing Q, a role he he would continue to play for the next uh, thirty six years. Yeah, all the way up to the world is not enough. That's right. He was in seventeen Bond films, <laughs> if you can believe it. He got to work with one, two, three, four, five different Bond actors. Yeah. This was also uh, the first uh, Bond yeah. movie, and this is the with... first. Um, with naked women, well, half naked women in the title sequence. That's right. Yes, that's right. 
Yes, the main uh, theme, <laughs> the main title card is designed by uh, Maurice uh, Binder, where they feature half-naked women. Continuing a tradition that's still going strong. Yeah. Um, I guess they, they project the title onto like some belly dancers. Was, yeah. <laughs> they do. It's, it's kind of weird how they do it. You, God, technology in 1963 was just super weird. They had to like physically superimpose everything onto everybody. Yeah. So it's like the... It's like, you know, a Harry Saltzman and Albert R. Broccoli production on the woman's eyes. Um, <clears throat> you know, present Ian Flem present Sean Connery in Ian Fleming's From Russia with Love on uh, the woman's torso. Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> and 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 so on and and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting film to say the least. And people point to this one as the moment where like the franchise really got going. Yeah. Um, and (laughs) it got so much attention that there was even a video game based on it many years later. Yeah. This was so fondly remembered. And I, I think I did actually play that game. Um, Oh, I played this game. I played this game multiple times. Yeah. It's, it's one of the bond movies that it, they're held up as all-time classics uh, with um, Sean, uh, Michael G. Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, Timothy Dalton, and Daniel Craig, considering this to be their favorite Bond film. Absolutely. And why not? It, it features Bond uh, going after uh, a decoding device. Yeah. So it doesn't get in the hands of, uh, of Spectre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, and, uh, uh, there's a, I guess uh, you know, there's a Spectre plot to uh, avenge Doctor No, and then afterwards mm-hmm. it quickly moves to uh, assisting a uh, defecting uh, Soviet clerk and trying to get mm-hmm. the decoding device from the Soviets. That's right. Oh yes, the uh, the main uh, Bond girl, uh, Tatiana Romanova. Yeah, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's played by uh, Daniela Bianchi, uh, whose voice was also dubbed. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and quite possibly the biggest horn dog out of all the. Uh, <laughs> the Bond girls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, it feels like every other like line out of her line out of her mouth is like you know like oh I I want you. It's like it's like how often will we make love when we get to London like yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> Which and she's literally yeah she's literally introduced to Bond by. Uh, Showing up naked in his bed, wearing nothing but a choker. Oh yeah, that w- that was also a formative moment for me. It's when I realized, like, man, girls with chokers are hot. And that was like, <laughs> I watched this movie, like, I guess like high, like high, around high school, and like chokers were making a comeback. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Woof. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bond goes to Istanbul, basically. Yes, where he uh, meets his contact there, uh, Kerim Bey. Yes, Ali Kerim Bey, uh, played by Pedro Armendariz. That's right. In his uh, very last uh, film role, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, where have I seen him before? Oh, yeah. He... Uh, Three Godfathers. Three Godfathers. He was also in that terrible uh, John Wayne movie, The Conqueror. Yes. Where everyone died of cancer, didn't they? Most of them did, yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, like 225 people worked on that movie. And 91 of them died of uh, cancer-related uh, diseases, yeah. c- cancer-related causes. Uh, actually, it's on his uh, uh, later life and death section on his Wikipedia. Uh, ah, lovely. 91 of the 220 people involved in the production of the film The Conqueror contracted cancer within 25 years, and 46 uh, died as a consequence of this illness. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, Howard Hughes, uh, incredible idiot. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, uh, <sighs> man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, let's just shoot here, like you know, downwind from all this. Uh, <laughs> just downwind radiation. from all this, like fucking nuclear testing. <laughs> why the fuck not come on yeah. it'll be cheap as hell i'm a goddamn billionaire but i wanted to be cheap as fuck yeah um it famously like germaphobic uh fucking howard hughes <laughs> is brave enough to film downwind from from a blast site basically like i don't understand well, to be fair, I don't think he really have, rarely ever showed up to that. Uh, I guess <laughs> that set. <laughs> I guess no. He he just sent all these people out into uh, to the desert for no goddamn reason other than yeah. to uh, to satisfy his own ego. I guess. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, back to from Russia with love. So he. Goes to meet uh, Kerim Bey in Station T in Turkey. And he gets the plans to uh, steal the device known as the uh, the Lector. Yeah. Um, yeah, M informs Bond, actually, that uh, the girl who's defecting, uh, Tatiana Romanova... Uh, Claims to have fallen in love with Bond from his file photo, and um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah sh- like yes, uh, Sean Connery is a handsome man, but really, <laughs> <laughs> um, and falling falls in love with is kind of a a very loose statement. Yeah, I guess the uh, I guess the modern day equivalent would be. Uh, She's DTF from Dump Street. Yeah, she's Thurston. Oh, she's very thirsty. Like, literally from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, and she's also being coached by her uh, 
like kind of coached slash mentored by her former uh, superior uh, Miss uh, Rosa Kleb, yeah. who, uh, if you read between the lines a little bit, is actually one of the first uh, gay characters to appear in a big blockbuster. Yeah, uh, played by the great Lot- Lottie Lenya, by the way. Um, That's right. My recognizer from Three Penny Opera, besides mm. uh, from Russia with Love. That's right. Um, so yeah, and and uh, oh yes, of course her uh, her weapon of choice, a uh, poison tipped blade she keeps in her shoe. <laughs> yeah, um, probably not the first in uh, silly uh, villain weapons. I mean, I. I guess there was a tarantula, right? And um, uh, in the first Doctor Bond no. film, yes. Yeah. But, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the poison knife in the sh- the old poison knife in the shoe trick. Um, that's right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess for 1963, that was considered uh, innovative. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even uh, um, what is it? Kingsman also had the poison knife in the shoe. Uh, bit <laughs> right but yeah you know um of course uh being in istanbul they gotta hit off all the all the classic oriental tropes you know um mm-hmm. uh obviously there's shots of the hagia sophia uh mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of market scenes uh there's kareem bay uh talking to him about uh, you know the wonders of the orient and then uh we're, we're gonna get to this later but um <laughs> um of course the orient express which i guess it was still running um i guess yeah i actually have I no idea so. if it was still running in the 60s <laughs> maybe maybe it was maybe it wasn't uh, and Connery actually starred in uh, Murder on the Orient Express in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, or uh, speaking of orientalizing, let's talk about the Gypsy Girls. Oh, yes, of course. How could we forget? Uh, Vida and Zora. Um, that played by uh, Alisa Gurr and Teen Beswick. Yeah, um, I think Eliza Girl was Miss Israel or something. And uh, Martine Beswick eventually uh, found her way to another uh, Bond film and then made her way to canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also ended up being in a qu- quite a few of those cavemen, cave women films. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, brief side note. Actually, I looked it up and... Uh, it was still running the Orient Express until 1977. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that nugget of information uh, over back to the uh, the gypsy camp because yes, because when you're in Turkey, you automatically think gypsy camp. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was surprised uh, they didn't include Turkish oil res- oil wrestling. Which, uh, if you if you Google that, uh, please remember to turn Safe Search on. 
<laughs> because you might get some very interesting websites if you don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, um, Turkish oil wrestling, uh, Yale Guresh. Um, I don't know if I want to really get into this, but it, basically it's uh, wrestling <laughs> with the people dousing themselves in olive oil. And um, you win by uh, putting your hand down to your opponent's pants. This is absolutely 100% real. What? Yes. That, and it is do you win? 100% totally not gay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay then. So uh, remember, kids, uh, say search uh, on. Yeah. Um, but back to the gypsy girls. Um, yeah, there's just this random fight scene in the middle of the movie between two girls cat fighting. And uh, they're cat fighting because. They're in love with the same man, and according to uh, gypsy rules, uh, they must fight, and whoever survives gets the guy. Absolutely. Um, but, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Why? Why the fuck not? That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's like we got to keep the plot moving somehow. What, what, what do we need? Uh, gypsy girls. Cool. And uh, should we have them cat fight? Yes. Absolutely, we should. It's a, ah. Cubby is just no, it like, it's not enough that we have a horny Bond girl. We need, we need two girls cat fighting. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter anyways because their, uh, their camp gets uh, overrun by a uh, Agents of a Spectre, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and the, the girls wind up going with Bond in the end. Hell yeah. Because of course they do. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, basically James Bond and like like secret agent people. It's it's the most it it's it's the most intense wish wish fulfillment of like the Cold War era. You know, it's. <laughs> Uh, it's a suave gentleman traveling the world, um, fucking all kinds of strange, and yeah. Oh, it's it's kind of like um, uh, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know, the Billy Joel song, uh, the Entertainer. You know, I am the entertainer, been all around the world, played all kinds of palaces, laid all, all kinds, kinds of girls. girls. It's kinda, yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, I didn't know if I wore a condom. I really hope I did. Cause if I didn't, it's eighteen years of alimony to pay. <laughs> Again. <laughs> man, those those uh, those uh, Billy J lyrics really hit you sometimes, man. They, they they really uh they really uh <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's just like uh, it's like uh, only the good die young. You know, so come on, Virginia, please suck my dick. You can't be a ghost, take it up the ass. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that that's what he was thinking when he wrote the songs. <laughs> that is what he's thinking, but like uh, in the 70s, you know, music wasn't quite there yet. They didn't, what are you they, talking about? You write songs like Mary Jane. Yeah, but it's not it's not like, you know, Lil Wayne-esque, like, if it ain't penetration laden legal, dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was an actual line. That was an actual line. Hell, yeah, absolutely. No, nah, dude, uh, the reason why Lil Wayne should be the poet laureate of America is this 100% real-life true facts verse bar that he had uh real g's move in silence like lasagna that's right oh that's perfect love that line dude, dude i thought it was the most retarded thing ever but then like i started sitting down and i was like wait real g's move in silence like lasagna g's lasagna. there's a g in lasagna but it's silent g's that rhymes wait. with cheese there's cheese in lasagna oh shit Oh, that's brilliant. And then real G's, real gangsters, they move in silence when they're making moves. Mm-hmm. So 5 don't get them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Lil, you heard it here, folks. Lil Wayne, low-key <laughs> low Shakespeare. Low-key Shakespeare, next poet laureate. <laughs> Lord Tennyson got nothing on him. <laughs> So, yes, after, <laughs> after moving on from the, uh, from the gypsy camp, uh, we meet the, uh, or we're, we're introduced to him at the beginning, but we're really introduced now to the main villain <clears throat> uh, from Russia with love. You have Donald Red Grant as portrayed brilliantly by Mr. Robert Shaw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yes, people. Before uh, <laughs> before uh, Robert Shaw was uh, chasing great white sharks and being uh, conned by Robert Redford and Paul Newman, he was um, an Irish assassin <laughs> employed by Spectre. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! But yeah, he actually does a very good job. Yeah. In uh, in this film, it's a very uh, very subtle performance. He doesn't have to <clears throat> doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to scream. Mm. Doesn't have to boast. He doesn't have to uh, give a long soliloquy and why he thinks he should be the best and all that. No, he lets his action speak for himself. And when he fi- when he does finally corner Bond, it's like you know, it's like oh god, it was so easy, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah, well, Robert Shaw, um, he's he's got a real interesting career too. I guess most people, uh, you know, fondly remember him for being Henry VIII and Not Man for All Seasons, and of course mm-hmm. uh, Jaws and Sting. But that's right. He's also in the t- in the original Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Um, that's right. He's also in Black Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the many, many movies they made of the Battle of the Bulge. 
That's right. And he was all, all also known as one of uh, Hollywood's, or rather the film industry's most notorious partiers. Absolutely. Like him, <laughs> uh, him, Richard Harris, Peter, Peter O'Toole, and Oliver Reed. Yeah. They were known as the Hellraisers. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's old Hollywood, man. It's when, yeah. Fun fact, uh, the X-Men villain uh, Sebastian Shaw was named and modeled after Robert Shaw. So there's a there's a lasting legacy for you. But he's portrayed by Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Well, you can't. Uh, uh, well, he's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for some reason, I don't think I can equate Kevin Bacon with no, Robert Shaw. Absolutely not. Um. Robert Shaw was also in the movie The Dam Busters, uh, probably best known yes. for inspiring uh, George Lucas uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, trench run. But um, I also remember this movie for having a dog whose name is just the N-word. Really? Yeah. I think it was this movie. Wait, hang on. Uh, where is I think they censored his name to trigger and like cable. Yeah, there yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, in Wait, 1999, British television network ITV broadcast a censored version of the film, removing all utterances of nigger, the real name of the unit's mascot, a black Labrador. Um, man. Really? Cha- Channel 4 uh, dubbed it to call the dog Trigger. So, yeah, I was right. <laughs> wow. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. It's it's incredible when people realize that, uh, quote, like you know, the racism ended when Obama was elected, and then like you just forgot that, a, it's not over, and b, even like sixty years ago, people still got away with like just calling a black person the n word in public. Yeah, uh-huh. and even naming your pets like just the most racist thing ever. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> shit. Oh my like god. Like, people are the... still alive, like, now, who remember when the Emmett Till news broke out. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh my god. The woman even confessed saying that he didn't whistle yeah. at her. All. All these years later, unfucking believable. Yeah, it's insane that people think that. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's a failure of high school education in America. But really, it's it wasn't all that long ago that uh, black people were seen as less than human, like right. on a legal level. <clears throat> yeah. No hell, the Constitution itself described black people as three-fifths of a person yeah it's insane that um what just like you know there's the whole civil rights thing it's like i guess people don't have any sense of time because like 1960 was really not that that far back you know mm-hmm. oh, man. well the well the, the emmett till emmett till case happened in 1950 four I yeah, yeah. Think. incidentally the same year uh, dam busters came out yeah 
Oh man. Uh, what, what was the other funny thing I was gonna say about from Russia with love before we went off on this Robert Shaw, and then eventually <laughs> racism tangent. <laughs> right. Um, um. Go ahead. What else? No, 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 no. What, what, what else was there? I'm just trying to think. Oh, there's that big uh, final uh, shootout on the boats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, there's also like the last minute um, uh, Rosa Klebs uh, final attempt on Bond uh, dressed as a maid and then <laughs> he gets shot oh, yeah. by Romanova that's right oh, oh yeah because she's so torn mm-hmm. about who to shoot yeah and yeah Oh, and there's that whole uh, there's that whole subplot of uh, when uh, Romanova fucks Bond for the first time. Uh, they're secretly being uh, recorded by uh, Grant and his uh, his associates. <laughs> this reminds me of like Rocky Horror when uh, it's Magenta and um, it was Columbia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just watching um, Susan Sarandon and Rocky Horror trying to fuck uh, through the <laughs> through the t- t- TV. It's just yeah, oh, yeah, like Robert Shaw listening to like sex happening is just like <laughs> goddamn. But it's like the camera pans on this very this very intense space, and it's like, dude, do you want to go sit in the <laughs> corner over there to kind of <laughs> kind of do your own business hell yeah but we, we don't we don't mind like you know five yeah. minutes but go ahead like you know if you want to go do your thing go ahead hmm. no skin off our nose or anything like that just <laughs> can you not do it on screen while looking directly at us jesus <laughs> so, um hey man just like hollow notes say uh, private eyes are watching you. They really did mean it literally, didn't they? Yeah. And it's great because you finally know what private eyes mean because when you buy the greatest hits album, um, uh, fuck, what was his name? Uh, they kind of reversed in later years. I think uh, Daryl Hall had the mustache instead of John Oates or vice versa. Oh, John Oates still has the mustache, if you can believe it. Really? Daryl oh, Hall no, Daryl Hall like... just, just grew, like, this weird-ass, like, thin beard. Yeah, and he looked like he got several Botox procedures. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, if you buy the Hollow Notes Greatest Hits, uh, you know exactly whose private eyes are watching. And it's John Oates staring at right. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's... A... Oh, even in the video. Oh, my God. It's, like, so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And here's some uh, interesting trivia. Uh, Private Eyes was released 37 years ago today. Oh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Private Eyes. Happy birthday, Private Eyes. A great song. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But highly creepy. Yes. Um... Where is that? 
fucking greatest hits. Yeah. The very best of Daryl Hall and John Oates. Very <laughs> just, best. just look at John Oates in that picture. Hey, the very best of Hall and Oates. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like uh, uh okay uh but, okay uh, you you want to look somewhere else, John? It's you're looking kind of very, very creepy at me, and I I know you got the whole '80s uh, porn stash happening right now, but absolutely. Uh, that that's just the well, icing on the cake, dude. It is. <laughs> um. Yeah. He's got that 1970s Times Square eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess there's nothing else we can talk about for uh, from Russia with love, so we'll just move on to Goldfinger. Goldfinger. He's the man. A man with the Midas touch. Hell oh yeah, my dude. god. I love that song so much, but I feel like I have to turn it down every time. Otherwise, yeah. like someone's going to like inadvertently walk in and just go like, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> hey man, no shame. It's great. No no shame at all. It's a great song. It launched the Shabassi's career and it's often listed at the top. Of the best Bond themes ever. Absolutely. It's great. Yes. And like we mentioned before, this is the film that kind of brought everything together. This is the film that pretty much introduced the James Bond mold. Yeah. Because you have everything now. You have the gun. You have the car. This is the introduction of the famous Aston Martin DB5. You know, you have the uh, you have the Bond girl with the uh, unsubtle, uh, the very unsubtle name. Yeah, uh, pussy galore. Um, yes, pussy galore. Uh, played by uh, the one of the British Avengers, um, Honor Blackman, right. uh, who was uh, Kathy Gale in the '60s TV show, uh, the Avengers. That's right. And she herself was replaced by a future Bond girl, uh, Diana Rigg, who played uh, Emma Peel. Absolutely. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about Diana Rigg uh, when we talk about later. Uh, yes. George Lazenby. That's right. I'm pretty sure we'll include some Game of Thrones references in there. Absolutely. Lady Elena Tyrell. That's right. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we are at a we're at Goldfinger right now, considered by many to be the best Bond film. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is basically like you know, like we said, the mold for future Bond movies. It's got the opening sequence that's more or less its own thing. Um, the foreign locales, the quips, 
not not as overpowering as like you know the the more era bond uh right it's got it's got Auric Goldfinger, who's brilliantly played by Gert Fröbe, but um, again dubbed. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, who's it? Oh yeah, redubbed for uh, the rest of the film by stage actor Michael Collins. Mm-hmm. It's got. I mean, he... Oh yeah, go ahead. It's got the. Uh the minion character of odd job uh yeah <laughs> played uh, brilliantly by the former professional wrestler harold sakata mm-hmm. uh, start starting a very long tradition of pro wrestlers in bond films <laughs> yeah um yeah, you know, uh, also not starring as Sylvia Trench because eventually they just gave up. They're just like, eh, we don't need to bring her back. Let's go. Yeah. They're like, well, I guess we really don't need this character. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But it's also the introduction of a, a Bond's favorite drink. Yes. Like It's like, I'll... Uh, a martini shaken not stirred mm-hmm. which you do realize you do have to stir the martini in order to get any flavor out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like james is ordering a weak martini and is being snooty about it absolutely <laughs> but don't tell him that yeah I'll beat your ass i'm pretty sure he will Oh, oh, and it also features the classic uh, Bond quip after he kills somebody. Mm-hmm. In the opening scene, like uh, oh, there's always the there's always the prologue where he destroys uh, a drug lab in uh, Latin America, <clears throat> and uh, the henchman uh, henchman for the lab come in while he's getting it on with some uh, random girl that you'll never hear anything about again, and uh, he. Drops one of them into a bathtub and throws a uh, a heated lamp <laughs> into the bathtub, immediately killing him. And he just looks and he goes, uh, "Shocking, <laughs> po- positively shocking." Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh told you, told you, folks. It's the it's quippy. It's very quippy. Um, oh, and we also forget, also forgot, Ajab, the character with the killer hat. Yes. Uh, Ajab, also poor choice in the GoldenEye game. Uh, yes. Even the creators of GoldenEye just admitted that if you use Ajab to cheat. Yeah. Um, you have no honor if you use Ajab. <laughs> Pretty much, because you couldn't kill him. I guess, like, I don't know, Rare, uh, it's... Um... They they didn't fix this the the the, the hitbox for him, so it's just smaller than the rest of the characters. So, yeah, it's yeah. harder to kill. It's like, damn it, we said no odd job, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could use anybody else, but not odd job. Oh man, it's just having another reverie of like elementary school dog days of summer playing Goldeneye. Uh. Oh my God! Endless hours yeah. playing that. 
Endless Hours. It was it was Goldeneye and also Turok. Turok. Well, that was a fun game. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when the second one came out. Um, that was one of the reasons I got the Nintendo 64 expansion thing. Um, uh-huh. Oh, the expansion pack. Yeah. And I was just, oh, man, playing four-person deathmatch was just, yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, brilliant. I miss those days sometimes. Yeah. They do need to bring back local co-op. Yeah, I know. When did that go out the window? I think only Nintendo still does it with, like, Smash and Mario Kart. Considering that's the only two properties they kind of have right now, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Everything else... Everything else is just like always online multiplayer. So like yeah, there's there's no incentive to have local co-op. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, the two Bond girls in the movie, um, Jill Masterson yeah. and Pussy Galore. Uh, yes. Similar. Similar to. Um, Honey Rider, Pussy Galore doesn't show up until like well into the movie. Um, right. But um, Jill Masterson also uh, one of those Bond girls that just dies. <laughs> uh, first of many. Yeah. First of many. But she's iconic for other reasons. She dies in probably the most uh, innovative way uh, possible. She literally gets painted with gold Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so while they're making love uh you know both uh jill and bond get knocked out by uh odd job who then uh pretty much just paints her with gold leading to a skin suffocation yeah apparently which which I didn't know was a thing until uh, I saw this film. Yeah. Um, Which. I don't know how plausible that is, but yeah, whatever. We'll roll with it. But, um, well, well, I mean, it, it was, it's said by Q that, uh, or either Q or M that, you know, you have to leave, uh, uh, some bare skin, uh, like a bare patch of skin alive to let it breathe, <laughs> like to, to keep breathing. Yeah, which I, I've seen some behind-the-scenes uh, photos of uh, Shirley Eaton, who plays uh, Joe Mas- Masterson, and uh, you know there is uh, just you know bare flesh on her uh, on her stomach, so I guess it makes sense. Mm. Um, I just imagine odd job, um, like you know knocking out the. Uh, Knocking out Bond and Jill. And then, all right, let's get to work. Gets out a paint can full of golden paint and paintbrush and just starts, like, painting Jill Masters. (laughs) It's, like, slowly, and it's, like, "Mm, don't want to miss a spot. Just (laughs) It's, like, like, just keep going. Just keep going. It's, like, you do not rush the maestro, the artist. It's, like, do not rush. Not rush the artist. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. So eventually he finds out that uh, the mastermind behind all this is one uh, Auric Goldfinger, who, if you didn't know, he was obsessed with gold. It's literally in his name. Yes. Uh, twice. Twice, yes. There's the literal interpretation of Goldfinger in his last name, and then there's Auric, or the AU, which is the uh, elements related to gold. Yeah. Um, classic uh, supervillain plot, by the way, of stealing gold from Fort Knox. Well, he doesn't actually steal gold. Yeah. What he does is he wants to uh, plant a dirty bomb inside uh, Fort Knox and blow it up so that uh, it will render gold useless for the next uh, 58 years. Um, yeah. This will increase the value of Goldfinger's own gold and give the Chinese an advantage from the potential economic crisis. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a, didn't realize there was a potential economic crisis in China in this film. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh... Oh yeah, and uh, and because he doesn't want the army uh, following him or anything like that um he uses uh nerve gas that knocks them out that's supposed <laughs> to knock them out uh forever but uh is only useful for about like half an hour or so yeah um so yeah now we come to uh the one and only pussy galore yes who's uh <laughs> who's uh Goldfinger's a uh, personal pilot and uh, has other uh, duties as well. Yeah, yeah. Pussy Galore's flying circus. <laughs> Come on. Man. <laughs> I mean, it is part of the inspira uh, inspiration for Monty Python's flying circus. I I guess so. Um, yeah, she's the one that sprays the gas over Fort Knox to knock out the military. Right. And, you know, when, you, when you're introduced to her from the beginning, she's a very, uh, very no-nonsense woman, not easily, no, very immune to uh, Bond's uh, innate charms until he, uh, <clears throat> until he basically forces himself on her in the barn. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he basically forces himself on her, um, and afterwards, like, she becomes uh, smitten because, of course, that's how it works. Hell yeah, man! You just you just can't resist that Bond big dick energy. <laughs> no, apparently not. But it's like when I first saw it, I was like, "What?" Mm -hmm. But oh, time out, time out. Um, Guy Hamilton, are you okay with this? Are you okay with filming a potential rape on screen right now? Apparently, I guess he was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 1960s rape was... It's not as defined as it is today. No, I don't think the word was even used in the 60s. Yeah. Like, even in the... 
especially in the early 60s, I don't think. Yeah. A rape was just what happens between races. That's what that was. That's what it was in the 60s. Apparently. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we talked about Jill Masterson being dead, but um, eventually <laughs> her sister is also uh, uh, in the movie and um, gets killed by Odd Job's infamous murder hat. That's right. And she's not a Bond girl. No. She's just uh, someone who happens to uh, either uh, it's just someone who who, has, who happens to pick up and uh, plots uh, revenge against Goldfinger for the murder of her sister. Absolutely. And I think she's only on screen for like 10 minutes before she gets killed. I think even less than that, maybe. Yeah, it's just there and then like Oddjob's hat just you know, whips through the screen and she dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, eventually, you know, there's this big, uh, free for all inside a Fort Knox where Bond is evidently chained to uh, <laughs> chained to the uh, the bomb, mm-hmm. and uh, of course he uh, manages to get himself uh, uh, free, and he has this big showdown with uh, Oddjob. Oddjob fires his hat at him, but he misses. And uh, it winds up being stuck inside two of these uh, metal beams that have a lot of gold behind it. And instead of actually fighting Bond, who's kind of in a weakened state, right now he just goes by to re- goes to retrieve his hat. Mm-hmm. And then Bond takes an exposed wire and presses it up against the, <laughs> the metal beams and just electrocutes him. It's like... Yeah. Um, you do realize he's standing right here, right? It's a stupid way to die. It's like, yeah, for as badass as you are, that's a really shitty way to go. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to, desperately trying to open the, you know, the bomb so we can deact- deactivate the, uh, the device. And eventually he does with some help. But <laughs> the way it, way it's done, it actually lands on the numbers 007. Yes. <laughs> Timer stops at 007. Classic. Which I thought like, oh, come on. But that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, almost all the way to the end of the movie. So, you know, things are winding down. Uh, Bond gets invited to the White House for lunch. But mm-hmm. Goldfinger hijacks a plane. That's right. And, um, he, uh, of course, uh, there's a struggle. Goldfinger winds up shooting the, uh, shooting out one of the windows with creating an explosive, uh, decompression. And Goldfinger, for as heavy as he is, somehow gets pulled out of that tiny little window. Yes. <laughs> It's like you're weighing upwards of at least 250 pounds. 
right there. How are you able to even fit in that tiny little window? Yeah. But um, eventually, uh, Bond and Pussy, uh, sorry, uh, they eventually, you know, leap out of the plane and uh, parachute to uh, safety. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Pussy tries to uh, signal uh, somebody for help, Bond pulls her down and he's like, you know, oh no, this is no time to get rescued. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Of course that's where it's supposed to end. Bond gets the girl, saves the day, and... And delays rescue so he can fuck. That's right. <laughs> I've always wondered, it's like, what, what happens afterwards? It's like, Bond does get to fuck these women at the end, but what what's, what's what happens afterwards? Uh, there's, there's gotta be that incredibly awkward moment where like people happen to stumble upon them. It's like, you know, you okay? Yeah. You need some help? <laughs> it is. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I'll be back. Um, <laughs> it's like, a, uh, I'm an, I'll be back in like an hour or two. You guys do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just do whatever you want. <laughs> um yeah so fun fact about this movie you know obviously uh pussy galore big uh bit of a you know controversy uh since uh producers thought about changing the name to kitty galore but they and hamilton decided quote if you were a 10 year old boy and knew what the name meant you weren't a 10 year old boy you were a dirty little bitch Oh, my God. The American censor was concerned, but we got around that by inviting him and his wife out to dinner and uh, told him we were big supporters of the Republican Party. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh yes. Yes, we, we do support the Re- Republican Party, and uh, you know we, we want to invite you and your wife out for dinner mm-hmm. so that you can uh, let our name pass through without any consequence. He's pretty much bribing them with dinner is what he did. Absolutely. You know what? It worked. Except on the promotional posters. Mm -hmm. They just called her Miss Galore or Goldfinger's personal pilot. Yeah. But um, Honor Blackman took delight in repeatedly mentioning the character's name to embarrass interviewers. (laughs) Because you know what? Fuck him. Like, that's the name she was given, and she's going to take a lot of delight in saying it. Yeah. Well, you know, pussy galore. Uh, I guess it's not the most uh, objectionable (laughs) name, you know. Yeah, it's pussy, but hey, it's it's not a dirty word. No, it's not. It could be used to describe a cat. Yeah. Um, But... Like we said in the beginning, it was the beginning of uh, several uh, double entendre names for uh, for bomb girls. <laughs> the the grand uh, tradition is yes a very grand tradition that even continued through the uh, Daniel Craig films. 
Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of the Craig films, uh, they tr- they tried the um, completely covering someone in a substance death in Quantum of Solace with, uh, with oil. With oil, right. Which... Um, that one's even more of a problem than uh, the gold paint thing. Like, yeah, how did yeah? Because I don't think Bond was knocked out in Quantum Solace, right? No, I don't think so. But then again, I'm trying to forget every single part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, man, what a piece of shit! God, that was so terrible. It featured a character named Strawberry Fields. Yeah. Because, because of course, duh, it's like, hmm, what should we call her? Oh, hey, the Beatles is on. What, what are you, what are you playing? <laughs> Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Fields. Oh, <laughs> it's like perfect. That's brilliant. Oh my god. <laughs> so yes, we now have the bond formula. It's working to perfection right now, so much so that I think it's um what what did it get on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it got oh it got ninety seven mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And from there, you know, we're off to the races, we're off and running right yeah. into the moment where they decide to throw everything at the screen, literally. Um, with uh, the one and only Thunderball. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break. Uh, we'll split this off. Uh, we'll talk about Thunderball. You only live once. And uh, well, I guess we'll put um, on Her Majesty Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever too, depending on time. Uh, yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, We'll be back. Um, oh, definitely. Thunderball. It's really, <laughs> it's uh, it's a balls out movie, man. It really is. <laughs> oh man, uh, Emilio Largo. Mm. Emilio Largo, uh, a Bond girl named Domino. Yeah, Domino Derval. Domino Derval. Wow, what a name. Yeah. A- a giant 20-minute underwater uh, fighting sequence. Absolutely. So, was that the first ridiculous fight sequence? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, th- there will be plenty, folks. Just wait till we talk about the Roger Moore films. Oh, man. But, yeah, um... We're gonna we're gonna cut it off with Goldfinger, and then we'll come back with Thunderball. You only live twice, and the rest of the uh, '60s and early '70s uh, James right. Bond films. Uh huh. So yeah, um, I guess that's pretty much it for the early Bond. Um, I don't have much else to add. Um, other than, uh, I guess they didn't really know what, how film ratings worked back in the day. There's really no official, you know, motion picture rating association quite yet. There was, but 
was just like whatever, you know. So yeah, there's a lot of like children's merchandising for this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, they were they were uh, they were corporate shills before corporate shilling was a thing. Yeah, and oh man, um, the children's toys included the Aston Martin. But, of course, this was back in the day. So there's toy guns, uh, toy spy whatevers. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, just all kinds of silly things that uh, <laughs> children probably shouldn't be playing with. The car, no, yeah, that's no. fine. But, god damn. <laughs> no, there, there was no, uh, I guess, standard of yeah. what kids should be playing with back in the 60s. Yeah, well, there's... You know, back in the day, people just like straight up painted uh, toys with lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as like you could patent it for like, as long as you could, you know, create it for like a few bucks and then sell it for like 25 or 30, you know, like you were in good hands. Absolutely. Of course you were in good hands. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But I think, uh, I do think merchandising kind of took off in the, I, I think in the more era, didn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. I think so, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was kind of the Roger Moore era where like merchandising kind of took off. Actually, when I think merchandising, I usually think like, you know, the old cartoons oh, of yeah. the 60s, like, you know, things like, you know, Speed Racer and, uh, Scooby-Doo, when mm -hmm. kids would collect all those uh, metal uh, lunch boxes, yeah, well, and like thermoses and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, to be fair, you know, merchandising really, really took off with like Star Wars and Saturday morning. Oh cartoons. yeah, oh yeah, that that's right. You know that that's when it reached its like it, its zenith, its its creative peak, yeah, right there. But um. I guess, like, even in the 60s, you know, advertisers, this was like the Mad Men age yeah. of advertising, like the so-called golden age of advertising, when uh, advertisers would literally sell anything to yeah. you. Yeah, this is back when four out of five doctors recommended smoking. <laughs> That's right. Smoking is good for you, kids. Yeah. Uh, fuck, what was that? Uh madman uh ad about smoking i can't remember uh I, I, I don't oh crap what was it uh you know it's funny like Mad Men is a good show and i enjoyed watching it but i think it was one of those shows that i watch in like an insane marathon so it kind of blows in together like i can't i cannot remember anything about it <laughs> it, it kind of Kind of melts together, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a shame like because what? I did like the show. I do like the show. Um, it's a good it, show. It has its ups and downs, obviously. But of like, course. Goddamn, like, I, it's, I can't remember specifics of each season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, um, James Bond, uh, Pussy Galore. Uh, horny ass Tatiana Romanova, Honey Rider, Honey Rider. Um, 
And your more traditional characters like M and Money Penny and Q. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even really talk about Money Penny. No, we didn't. The one that's like the brow beaten, almost kind of like work wife slash mistress. Yeah. In a way, the one that uh, always vies for Bond's affections and he, mm. you know, he kind of teases her, kind of plays with her. A lot, but every time it looks like something's about to happen, boom, next assignment, mm -hmm. bye. You'll have your mission, Bond. Should you choose to accept, nope, different franchise, stop sorry. Trying to, stop trying to fuck money, Penny. <laughs> it's like, like, she is me, and kindly omit the customary bye play with 007. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what, if, what if money, Penny, like, just... He just gets harassed in the fucking MI6 office all the time. Uh, ooh, oh, oh. Oh, you're going down some straight dark web shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, you, you know what? That could, ah, ooh, interesting theory. Right there, she could be, and Bond might be the only one that Treats her with any modicum of respect. She's the, he's the only one that talks to her, like, like has like a, a, a interaction beyond just like slapping her ass or like, right, going honk yes. honk at her tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about uh, the money penny character eventually. But yeah, we will. Um, well, yeah, that's another episode of questions like this. Um, we'll be back with the further adventures of Connery Bond uh, classics, including Thunderball, uh, Yo LT, and Yolt, Yolt, and Diamonds Are Forever, with a special appearance by. Uh... A certain certain Aussie who tried to make a name for himself almost <laughs> did, but then he threw it all away. He threw it all away. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts? Um, I hope they find a director soon. Really, I don't think I can. I don't think I can uh, live in a world where James Bond doesn't exist. Yeah. Um... I hope they find someone to write that goddamn script, and I hope it's a good one. <laughs> yes. Uh, because, seriously, this is the 25th Bond film, and it's just going under so much shit right now. I know. Well, um, I guess well, it, we'll see it like when my, we see it. I guess so. Michael Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, if you're listening, please find somebody yeah um and also just uh just go ahead and move on with uh a new james bond uh yes i think it's uh we made I think it's well we made some suggestions time. yes absolutely all right well um We'll see you next week, folks. Uh, hopefully it actually does come out next week. We'll see <laughs> with our <laughs> schedule. <laughs> Your favorite uh, quote-unquote weekly podcast questions like this. <laughs>
That's right. All right. Well, uh, bye. Take care, everyone. <laughs>